to all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders. Welcome to the 30 Minute Lockdown, episode 19. We back in the building, man, each and every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all your popular platforms to get your podcast from. I'm your host, Coach Defense, back again with another episode of the 30 Minute Lockdown. And we are hot and heavy and ready to roll, man. Uh, last time we were with you before I went on a brief vacation, we did an AFC, excuse me, NFC breakdown of the preseason roster. And man, that video took off. That took off. So that lets me know that y'all are in the winning. Y'all ready for this series, man. And uh, we right back at it this week with another installment. So we did the NFC East last week. We're going to do the AFC East this week. So we're going to get into it, man. So uh, without further ado, man, let's just drop the ball. We ain't got to do all the semantics and the talking and, and the preamble. We just going to get right into it, man. So let's talk about it. So again, AFC East is ready to roll, man. So we got the Bills, the Jets. The Patriots and the Dolphins to talk about today. We'll get into free agency, the draft, trades, and overall grades of how these guys overhaul their roster um, in the preseason going into the uh, training camp era. We in OTAs and mini camps right now, mandatory mini camps, and we are rolling quickly and swiftly into the uh, training camp era in this end of July. So we about to be here, man. So let's talk about the AFC East. So um, we're going to go in alphabetical order. No bias here. You know, we don't want people thinking that we only talk about the sexy teams and leave the boring teams last. So in alphabetical order, we're going to start with the Buffalo Bills. So the Buffalo Bills last season finished 13-3, top of the division. Uh, they ended up losing to the Bengals in the, in the playoffs. Um, snow game, you know, bad weather game. Um you know, I've, I've really spoke at length about what was wrong with the Buffalo Bills all last season. And uh, and I was hoping and praying and wishing that they would do something about it. You know, because being one-dimensional and being too Josh Allen-reliant is definitely not the way to go. You know, I think that the only person that's, and that's it's definitely not just him, but Patrick Mahomes is the only person that's really been with, out uh, a litany of things uh, on the office office end of the ball that's allowed to be able to have won a Super Bowl at this point. And I think that really is indicative of him being married to Andy Reid. Like, I think the marriage of Andy Reid and him is the only reason why the Patrick Mahomes is as successful as he is at this point. Outside of that, you got to have weapons. You got to have dimensions to you and layers to your game and your offense. And if you don't have that, you obviously and truly are going to suffer you know at some point uh, a, a debilitating loss so that's what ended up happening to the bills they had the trepidations throughout this season you know they lost three games so you would think it wasn't that bad right and i say 13 and three because they remember they had that one game that didn't finish because of the mar hamlet incident so they were 13 and three and um you know they are i guess you can say uh poised to run it back I mean, just to be honest, I mean, just looking at this roster as an entirety, they're poison running back. Um, they went out and got Latavius Murray in free agency um, as, as a backup running back. They went out and got Office of Guard, Conor McGovern. Now, I find it interesting because I almost got confused with this. Con it's two Conor McGoverns in the league. One is older and one is younger. <laughs> so they got Conor McGovern. I think I think he's the older version. Um, Taylor Rapp from the Rams. They went out and got him as a safety to add to that secondary room. And they went out and got Leonard Floyd as a secondary edge rusher. Um, so they got Russo, they got Von Miller and Floyd in house now. They resigned Jordan Phillips, D lineman. Resigned AJ Klein after uh, after Tremaine Edmonds left the Bears. Uh, they resigned Tyler. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his last name. Another linebacker, probably special teams guy. They resigned Matt Milano to a two year extension. They brought back Dane Jackson, cornerback, and they brought back Jordan Poyer. 
Uh, so <laughs> their their phrasing signings alone tells me that they they got a little more serious about what they were trying to do and try to revamp this roster and be competitive and still uh, maximize the time in this window they had with Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, and those boys to uh, allow themselves to be the most competitive they can be and try to get themselves to the Super Bowl finally. So um, getting to the draft, man, um, it's some. This is what I call hits, hits and head scratchers because uh, there are definitely people in people's draft class that have definite hit potential, and there's some head scratchers in there. Um, and it's weird too because uh, I can probably spend a whole podcast just talking about uh, who you should have drafted, and maybe with something I'll do after I finish the series. Maybe I'll go back through and show you who you should have drafted in, in retrospect. Um, but yeah, but so getting into the draft, um, the first pick was clearly a hit. Dawson Kincaid, one of the, probably the most highly touted and most athletic tight end in the draft. I mean, what can you say about it? I mean, that's a hit. I mean, I don't, outside of him getting hurt, potentially knock on wood, he doesn't, you know, that, that should be a home run swing for them. They, they should have, they, they, they took that first fastball and it's just hit it 345 feet. I mean, let's just be real about it. Great, great pickup for them. You know, outside of them getting a, a number two receiver, which I'll talk about in a minute, um, that was a slam dunk for them at 25. In the second round, they turned around, and I still, for the life of me, and I got questions about a lot of guys that were highly rated in the draft and how they slipped in the draft for some strange reason, right? But Osiris Torrance was, to me, by my calculations and by a lot of pundits in the, in the sports world, was the best interior offensive lineman in the draft. And he went 59 <laughs> to the Bills. Now, granted, I'm happy for them because, again, I've been screaming to the to the heavens of why they need to address and revamp this O-line and get better at running the ball, right? So getting Osiris Torrance is a, is a loud scream to the effect that they, they were trying to address that avenue, right? So I give them kudos for that. Kudos for that. So the first two picks, slam dunks. You got the best tight end and the best interior O-line in the draft. I mean, we can go home at this point. I mean, you know, it shouldn't get much better than this, right? And it didn't after that point. I mean, I would say at 91 when it got Dorian Williams, he's a he's a decent linebacker. I mean, but you have to also understand that there were better linebackers at that spot, which makes me wonder. Like, there's, there's a certain thing out there, a certain, I guess you can say, quirks about coaches that they just like certain players, certain body types, certain fits, some people that play a certain scheme. And it is sometimes, sometimes you just don't get it no matter how you slice it. Because I really feel like that no matter what you are trying to get done from a scheme perspective or personnel perspective or, or what type of person you're trying to get, some picks just don't make any sense. And there were, to me, there were better quality linebackers out there. They got drafted way later, later than the third round. And were me in my in my eyes better than Dorian Williams, but they chose Dorian Williams. Why I don't know. Now I understand that they brought back their linebackers that they had outside of Tremaine Edmonds, so you didn't have a deep need. So again, you didn't have a deep need, and you reached for a linebacker in the third round when you had deeper needs. There were more O linemen and O linemen out there that were that were viable. You didn't do that. You didn't address the receiver room when there was people to be picked in that spot. So again, questionable questionable and then he didn't have a fourth round pick he goes in the fifth round get justin shorter and uh wide receiver who again was better picks out there from my talent pool that they could have gotten they got him head scratcher and they got nick broker from old miss a guard and alex austin a cornerback eh, I, I don't know there was interior d linemen there were interior o linemen there were running backs 
wide receivers, all of that in the last three picks you could have addressed, and you didn't do any of it. So that the first the first two picks were great. The last four were, eh, I don't know, I don't know, but we'll see. I mean, stranger things happen if guys pan out that you don't really have a grip on as far as their name is concerned. So I'm gonna give them a, I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them some time. I'm gonna give them time. Give them some grace to see how these guys hit or don't hit. But I'm pretty sure that the first two picks are going to be studs and the rest are, uh, we'll see. Wait and see. So let's talk about the roster as a whole. It's an entirety. So, of course, Josh Allen is the, quarter, is the starting quarterback. They got Kyle Allen, Matt Barkley as backups. Eh. Um, I guess they don't expect uh, Josh Allen to get hurt at all <laughs> or have to come out for a play. Um, now, the running back room is interesting. Um, you know, there's rumors that Dalvin Cook might team up with his brother, you know, vague rumors. But, uh, James Cook is the heir apparent at this point. They got Damian Harris from the Patriots in free agency. Latavius Murray as well. And they remember they traded for Naeem Himes. So they got four, four decent running backs in the room. So that tells me that you may be thinking about running the ball a little more this year. I don't know. We'll see. But Kincaid is in the blocking style tight end. So I don't know exactly. Yeah, I don't know where we're leaning towards from a philosophy standpoint. Because this is Ken Dorsey's second year as an OC. So, Stephon Diggs is your one. Gabe Davis is your two. You got Khalil Shakir, who should take a step. They got Trent Sherfield from Miami. So, they got, outside of Stephon Diggs, they got a decent, what's our privacy room? Not great. Um, that's why I'm looking at this Downer Hopkins uh, move that could uh, put them over the top. I think if you move Gabe Davis back to the slot and DeAndre and Stephon in house with Kincaid and Knox, we're, we're talking big, we're talking big game hunting at this point. I think we're talking big game hunting, but. Hadn't happened yet. You know, and they got issues with Stefan holding out and holding in. Now he's back at practice. So I don't know. I don't know. But we hope that the Bills will be better this year, more balanced. Come on, Ken Dorsey, get it together. So the overline, still a work in progress. I'm I'm still on the fence about, about Spencer Brown and they brought and Ryan Bates. But I got again, they got all size Torrance in the house. So I think he will ultimately take the right guard spot. They brought Conor McGovern in on a, on a, on a sweet deal, so I think they're assuming that he's going to be a better option for them at guard. So outside of right tackle, I'm pretty okay with O line um, overall. They still got some work to do because again, I think Spencer Brown is a little bit older, um, and the backups they have are uh, a little a little shaky, a little shaky. But so assuming they don't take any injuries, which is it's a hard ask I mean, from O line perspective in certain certain spaces. You 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 are top heavy ish. In your O line, so hopefully they can stay healthy. Defensively, though, man, salivating, salivating. Now, then the Floyd pickup was just icing on a cake. Like I'm expecting Greg Russo to be better this year, and Von Miller coming back and being whole and healthy for the entire year. Shaq Lawson still in the house. Ed Oliver signed long term. Jordan Phillips is back. They got Pony Ford is a is a rotational guy. Daquan Jones, you know, their interior line and their edge of in the four three style is looking good. And like I said, you got a rotate, you got a rotational piece in uh in with Little Flory coming in and out as a pass rush specialist. Yeah, I think they're I think they're they're definitely poised to be good defensively. Matt Milano's a stud. I think AJ Klein is a, a solid player. Again, they brought Dorian Williams in. Um they got they got Tyler uh Makovich. Mac I'm I'm gonna say. Got him. Um so the interior linebackers play, you know, because they only play two linebackers, typically in nickel. Um, so they should be fine there. And their secondary is legit. Like, Trey Davis White should be fully healthy off that ACL now. Uh, Jordan Poirier, Michael Hyde, and Taylor Rapp are there. DeMar Hamlin's back. Shout out to him. Uh, Dane Jackson's back in the building. Khalil, Khalil Aleem is back, the guy they drafted last year. So their secondary is is, is, is Trump tight. 
So I, I like it. I like the secondary. I like the pass rush. It, you know, I th- if you had to give a weakness to this defense, it'd probably be the, middle, the, the linebacker spot. But Mike Milano is a pro bowler. So, you know, whoever fills in behind him, just just along for the ride, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah. So I, I'm liking what they're doing defensively. So I think they're going to be very stout defensively. So overall, I give them a preseason grade of B plus, you know, because, again, they, they're, my issue with their team and didn't give them an A is their legit number having a legit number two in the running game. And if that does not change, at least from a philosophy standpoint, they're still a little bit off from being perfect. But I like the move they made in the defense is stout. I love it. Love it. So let's talk about the Miami Dolphins next. So the Dolphins come in and they picked up uh, Mike White uh, off a two-year deal. Uh, it was a backup for Tua, which is a smart move, I think. Um, you know, because two, based on Tua's injury history, having a solid backup for him is good. They traded for Jalen Ramsey, so that was a big pickup. Uh, Braxton Burroughs came in as on a one-year deal, as well as Chosen Anderson, former relief Robbie Anderson. He came in on a one-year deal to add to that receiver room. They got Tyler Croft as a tight end. They got Isaiah Wynn as a alpha as a tackle from the Patriots. And Deshaun Elliott, I think he was a former Cowboy or Eagle, one of them. One of them. And he came in on one-year deal as a safety. Resigned Roheem Moster and got Jeff Wilson back. Um, so they're going to be married with each other in the backfield for the next couple of years um, for uh, Mike McDaniel's system. So that was a good free agency period for them. Finished nine and eight last year, and I think they made the playoffs barely. Uh, got sent home in the first round, but um, again, that was based on the fact that Tua was hurt. So if he can stay healthy and stay upright, they this team should be better and different this year. So getting to the draft, they didn't have a whole lot of picks because they gave up picks to give Jalen Ramsey, and their in their first round it was forfeited due to tampering. Um, so they uh, had a second and the third and a sixth and the seventh. Um, and I really feel like they hit on their first two. Um, getting Cam Smith from South Carolina, a nice cornerback. Uh, I think he'll probably be slated to play the slot for them uh, because they have Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey on the outside already. Although Jalen Ramsey kind of travels a bit, I think that Cam Smith will be that rotational guy in the nickel and dime situations and covering inside. Um, good pickup for them, solid pickup for them for South Carolina. Good hit uh, on them at getting him at pick 51. And then they went out and got Devin Kane. It's clear to me that Mike McDaniel likes a certain type of running back. Now, I'm not sure if it fits the physicality uh, of the NFL, but he likes small, speedy running backs. And Devin Kane is that guy. Small, 185 pounds, runs like lightning with Texas A&M. Shifty, really good back. So you got Moster, Wilson, and him as a, as a three-headed monster, along with the other two guys they got, Ahmed and, uh, and another guy we'll talk about in a minute. He's on the depth chart. Um, his name slips my mind, but they got plenty which may, may may not make the roster based upon who they have now. Well, but we'll see. But having Devin Kane in the building is definitely another weapon. He has speedy weapon he has out of the backfield and running the ball in that scheme that's going to be uh, viable for them. But the last two picks, eh, I don't know. Elijah Higgins from Stanford, there were better options in the sixth round to me. And Ryan Hayes in the seventh is all as a tackle. I feel like I might have went ahead and maybe moved up to the fifth, maybe pack a six and seven up and maybe a nut and pick next year to get a fifth and got a better player in that position. One of those positions, just call it a day. Cause I'm just not sure that Elijah Higgins or Ryan Hayes is going to break the, break and make, they make the roster in all honesty, based upon who they have on the roster. And we'll talk about exactly who they have right now. I just don't think that, that wide receiver room is big enough for Elijah Higgins. And Ryan Hayes is a project if it is at best in the offensive line room. So, I don't know. I think they got a 50, 50, 50 hit rate with their draft picks in this one. The two were slam dunks. The other two were head scratchers. So let's talk about the roster and the depth chart. So clearly two of the, is the starter. Uh, Mike White and Scarlett Thompson are the backups. Uh, so actually the third guy is not even on here. So we got Wilson, Moster, and Ahmed 
and uh they got a cane in in the building um as soon as he signs seals and delivers him into the building uh Jalen Waddle, of course they got ryan craycraft uh, they got uh chosen anderson robbie anderson or chosen anderson however you want to call him tyreek hill obviously cedric wilson and freddie swain um the running the tight end, the, the tight end room is a little bit interesting we got eric salbert who was a rotational guy from denver uh they signed tyler croft and they got uh Smythe and connor in in the room and yeah, that's the one area that I'm wondering well, what they're going to do by losing Mike Gusecki. What they're going to do with the tight end spot? Because I feel like even still, going back to their draft picks, they could have spent one of those draft picks on a tight end. It was the tight end draft was guys was deep, and they the guy that even the guy that Jets got, I'll talk about in a minute. They could have picked him up in that round and been better off at tight end, athletically especially, and have who they have in house. But Tyler Croft and Sobert are decent. I'm just not sure they're going to be um, you know game changers for you in that offense. Armstead's um, back. Eichenberg is back. Connor Williams, they got um, a free agency, I believe. Uh, Austin Jackson and Isaiah Wynn are going to fight for that right guard and right tackle spot if, you, if I had to be a uh, guesstimator. Um, Robert Hunt, I don't think he's going to beat out either one of those, although he got him slated right guard right now. I think that he's they're going to be pretty pretty solid on the O-line, and they need it because I think they got to protect to it at all costs. They got to keep him upright. And that might be why they decided to go more you know, blue collar tight end so they can have guys they can block, you know, because I do give credit to Sobert and Crawford for their good blockers. So maybe they want to do that and maximize the tools of potential to be protected and get the ball out with his receivers he has, because I think that he's going to have a solid receiving core. Tight end, not so much, but his receivers are A1. And I think that might be one more Mike McDaniel wants to do is throw the ball to his receivers. Now, the defense, defense is, is solid. Um, I got a couple of questions up front, but I think that, they're going to be running more of a 34 style. Um, but what, what I call in the question is, is Raekwon Davis, that guy that's going to be able to play the nose, you know, and play it stoutly. I think that Ogba is okay and Christian Wilkins is a stud. But, you know, again, playing the 34 style is a different animal because you got then you got Jalen uh, Phillips and Bradley Chubb who are studs on the edge, which is great. But that interior D line, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about. I think that's going to tell with this Vic Fangio system. I think that's going to tell what's going to be, uh, what's going to be make of this defense, uh, how good they're going to be up front, and especially stopping the run. So if Franquan Davis can be the guy in that stout nose tackle that they want him to be, then they'll just be just fine. Um, from a pass rush perspective, they're solid. They're golden. Chubb and Phillips are are, are, are solid guys. Jerome Baker is a great interior uh, in linebacker as well as David Long. I like Shannon Sidwell too out of college, and I'm waiting for him to break out. So I'm hoping that he gets some burn this year and he can show what he can do. They got Aubrey Miller from Jackson State. Uh, I like I like him. Duke Riley, he's always been a solid player, good special teams guy. So they're solid up front and from the linebackers core, and their secondary is even better, in my opinion. They got Keon Crossing back and, and Noah. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, of course, with the household names of Howard and Ramsey. And they got Cam Smith. So they and they, and they brought Deshaun Elliott in with Javon Holland. So I think their secondary is going to be great for Fangio. They can play a lot of man coverage with this particular lineup and, and get home with their pass rush. I think the defense is going to be good. It is whether or not they hold up and get well in, in the interior is going to be the question. But outside of that, I think the defense is really, really solid. So uh, overall, I give them the preseason grade of B minus. I get that that is indicative of how they protect Tua and what they do at, at the tight end spot. I think there's only really group in interior D line. There's only big questions I had with this team. That's why they got to be minus. But they, overall, they did a pretty decent job of trading and bringing in guys that are be solid contributors. Let's move on. Let's talk about the New England Patriots. You know, that's always, you know, interesting with this particular group. And it's always, they always do things differently. But 
I'm seeing some more customary things being done. They brought in back Brill O'Brien to be the offensive coordinator out of that outside of that cookie, whatever they did last year with the two guys, the defensive minded uh, guys calling plays weird. Um, finished eight nine last year. Um, didn't make the playoffs, obviously. Um, so they went out and uh, they lost Debbie Harrison. So they went out and got James Robinson and signed him to a two year deal, but they already released them, which was a weird release. Um, before, I mean, you didn't even make it to training camp or out of OTAs for that matter before Bill decided he didn't want to have you in New England, which is very weird dynamic. And I'm curious about what's going on with James Robinson because at one point he seemed like a very viable running back in Jacksonville. Now he'd been on two teams and he ain't stuck nowhere else. Got traded by one, which I kind of thought him being traded was kind of weird because he was traded by the former coach, not the current, but weird dynamic in the least to say he's gotten released twice from teams. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster went there outside of leaving Kansas City. Weird, in a sense. I don't know why he did that personally, but he's there. He's their number one guy, I guess. Three-year deal. They brought in Mike Gusecki. They're going on with Hunter Henry after losing John o. Smith. They brought in Raleigh Reef to replace Isaiah Wynn on a one-year deal. Resigned Rayquan Miller, who I love as a line, linebacker. They brought back Jabril Peppers, a good safety. They brought back Jalen Mills and Jonathan Jones. So the secondary is pretty solid. Pretty solid. Now, this is what I want to talk about. This draft, it was, I mean, they had so many draft picks. And these most of these guys are, are Bill Belichick specialists. So I really can't speak on them all out of them, but there's a couple of tidbits and names here that I'm really impressed with the fact that Bill went out and got. Um, first of all, I don't know why, how in the hell, and I talked about this last week, that why did Christian Gonzalez fall to him at 17? I don't I still don't know how that happened. But listen, you team Christian Gonzalez up with Jalen Mills, Jonathan Jones, and company, that's the hell of a secondary. I mean, Bill Sneaky, it's very, very sneaky, has a young, solid nucleus of, of, of corners and safeties that are going to be very formidable in this division. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. Got, when I got Keon White in the second round, that was a good pickup. Um, he's not the most uh, athletic and, and flexible edge rusher, but he's, he's solid. Um, Marty Marpoo is a decent linebacker. And he, he kind of gave me that Bill Belichick type of linebacker that he likes. I think he as he saw something in him that was very, very uh, appealing. There's a reason why he went out and got him. I do like that pick for him. Um, also, going out and getting Kayshawn Butte from LSU. That was an interesting pickup because Bill usually don't do flash. And Keishon Butte at one point was stout, was listed. Like, I think he had an injury. He was listed as one of the top wide receivers in the whole entire draft. Like, we're talking up there with Jackson Smith and Jibba and all those guys. So, him getting him in the sixth round was a steal. You know, he could just bring him back slowly and he'll be good for him for a good little while. You know, especially if he's not, you know, he has no ego and he just out there and want to be uh, uh, a part of the team. So, Great pickup for him. So it's a, a couple of picks there you don't normally see. It's still some guys that you just don't, you, know, you just kind of scratch your head. Like, why did he pick this guy? But overall, I think that, it, you know, those four guys in particular are, are flashy players. I'm a little I'm a little surprised by Bill. I'm a little surprised by the fact that Bill did that. And I think they'll be good contributors for them. Again, he got them on the cheap um, rookie contracts for the next four or five years. So, yeah. I'm telling you, Chris Gonzalez is going to be a player, man. I, I, I don't have any bones. I'll make any bones about that. He might be the best corner in the draft. And I'm saying it over with the spoon and company. He might be the best quarterback in the draft. He's too polished. He's too polished. And he's going to tell me he's going to line him up with one of the best defensive minded coaches in the whole entire league. Chris Gonzalez is going to be good, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. So talk about the roster itself. Like I said, uh, Keishon Butte is in there along with Devontae Parker, who he was, who was a holdover from last year. Taekwon Thornton, who I was high on in the later rounds. Bill picked him up in the second, who was a burner at six foot three and a half, four two forty. 
Um, he's he's a stud. Um, Trent Brown's coming back at left tackle. Uh, Cole Strange, who we drafted last year, is there. Uh, David Andrews is still there. Um, Mike Oni, I can't pronounce the last name. I'm not even try. Riley Reeves is right tackle. Um, you have Conor Dermott as a reserve. Uh, City Sal, a few others. Jake Andrews. So, uh, you know, solid online. No, not sexy again, but. You know, I think they'll be solid for them. Um, again, but the biggest question you have is what Bill O'Brien's going to be like with Mac Jones. That's the biggest question. Hunter Henry still in the house. They got Michael Sick. He's got a good two-headed monster from a tight end perspective. Um, Kendrick Bourne and Juju Spruce, those other two receivers. They got a good solid five receivers. They're not nobody's a, a, a like a world-beating type of guy at this moment, but solid core. Solid core is better than they had in years past. I think that even if they had this when Tom was still there, he probably would have been more, much more happy than he was when he left. Um, so, yeah, Ramondre Stevens comes back as his bell cow. Uh, Tom Montgomery's in the house, PR strong. So, um, yeah, so solid offense, solid offense. And the defense is which is calling cards of Bill's team as always, and they got studs. Like I said, I'm going to start with the secondary. You got Jabril Peppers, Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar, in the safety room, you got Chris Gonzalez, Jalen Mills, Jonathan Jones, and Jack Jones, who was a stud last year, and Marcus Jones. I mean, you go you go five deep, and these kids all can play. These kids all can play. This might be one of the best secondary sleeping secondaries in the league. I'm here to tell you. At the end of the day, that might be it. When come season in, they might be talking about them as being the most, the, the most elite group. We just might. We just might. And then going back to the linebacker group, like I said, I love Raquan McMillan. I'm not sure if he's going to be the airplane star. They got Jaquan Penley tagged here. Mac Wilson came back. Um, you drafted a few guys, brought Chris Board in. So I'm not sure who's going to be the starter. Um, but Matthew Juzon is going to be your edge guy. They brought in Keon White to go to pair him up. Got Christian Barmore in the interior with Gashcon uh, and Lawrence Guy, who was, you know, all, they're all Bill disciples. They all fit Bill's mantra. All, they have Bill Velichick written all over them. Let's just put it that way. That matches up. So the defense is solid. It's, solid. it's, it's not... It's not flash and dash. It's not all the big time names that some of these other defenses have, like the Bills in particular. But I think the defense is going to be really formidable. So if you're a fantasy guy, you might want to pick up this Bill, the Patriots defense, and it'll it'll give you some points. I think that I think that will pan out for you. So overall, I think give this particular roster because I don't know exactly what it's going to be. Uh, the offense is going to look like. I give it a C plus. I give it a C plus because then. I'm not, not, not enthused about the wide receiver group. The running game with the O-line is going to be the tell. And, again, I just don't know what, what the offense is going to look like and how Mac Jones is going to be uh, in year three. Just don't know. Just don't know. But I love the secondary, but their philosophy as a, as a whole offensively gives me pause. That's why I gave him a C+. Plus. That's why I gave him a C+. Plus. Now to the team that had the most glaring headlines of all the entire offseason is the New York Jets. They finished 7-10 last year, and uh, they went round and round and round Robert barn and trying to lock down a quarterback because their draft pick, Zach Wilson, just wasn't working out. So they went out and got Aaron Rodgers in a draft trade. It's paid traded picks and things of that nature to get Aaron Rodgers and restructure his deal to get him over there to be the quarterback. And he brought a bunch of black guys with him. Guys by the name of Randall Cobb, Billy Turner, Alan Lazard, to name a few. Even signed Adrian Amos just here recently in the next day or two um, as a safety. There was a former Packer. So uh, the also guy went on, got Miko Harmon and Chuck Clark in the draft trade um, as well. So they re-signed Conor McGovern. That's the other Conor McGovern, the center. He's the other one that signed into a one-year deal, and they re-signed Solomon Thomas as a D-lineman. So, yeah. So um, as if the team wasn't formidable already, they just got that much more formidable with these additions, right? 
Now the draft um, wasn't bad. wasn't bad. I think it was a, probably about a 40 to 50% hit rate if we're talking about player for player. I think that uh, Will McDonald was a slam dunk. I mean, I was kind of scratching my head like, why they go another edge rusher when they got Jermaine Johnson and they got Carl Lawson there? But I guess you can't have too many. <laughs> and they just felt like Will McDonald was just too good to pass up. Um, and having been, having two young edge rushers that can be good for you for the first four or five years before you got to pay anybody, that could be that could be a, a thing. That could be a, something that people can look forward to doing going forward and allow them to be really dominant on defense and get after the passer without having to pay premium dollars for both players. Then it went on the second round, got Joe Tippman to help, help that O-line, who's going to be Aaron Rodgers' new center, who's very good. Now, him and, and John Michael Smith, Schmidt was going to probably be the best centers in the draft. They got him, which is a great pickup. Um, the fourth round pickup, a little, little, little sketchy one about Carter Warren. I think there was better players um, from an offensive tackle perspective or interior line perspective that were better at that four spot in round four. Um, kind of scratching my head there. And then getting, when you have four running backs already, when I got a running back that nobody really knew about going into the draft, and that Israel Abacandia, we we'll say that's his last name. Don't really know much about him. Nobody really had any uh, real good. Uh, I guess you could say, you know, press gave it a lot. Get him, don't give him, didn't give him a lot of good press going out, coming out of the draft. I think that was the issue with him. Um, that was a scratch, head scratching pick. Isaiah Barnes was is a decent pick. I think he's a decent pick as a linebacker. Um, although I still think there were a couple of guys that I would pick before him. Uh, Jared Bernard Converse, uh, the cornerback, the head scratcher as well. Um, but his last pick, Zach Koontz, the tight end, six eight, four five forty, uh, forty plus inch vertical. Uh, I mean, with some a uh, 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 steal uh, and a big time target in the seams as a tight end, he fell away to the seven, which I still don't understand. A, a lot of teams could have benefited from him having him. I don't know why they didn't pick him up, but that's a steal for them. So I think that, but three, I said I'll give them one, two, four picks out of this, one, two, three, four, five, six picks they had. Yeah, so four out of the six picks, six, seven picks they had. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They had seven picks. I give them four out of seven. They pretty much hit on one. I give them that. Probably draft concern. His draft analysis is a concern. So it was good. It was it was a decent draft for them. So depth chart. I mean, when we talk about talent level from offense perspective, I mean it's embarrassment of riches here. Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback, looking for Brees Hall to bounce back and have another another dominant season with no knee injuries this year, no injuries. Period. Him to come back in the fold and be very very formidable. Um, running back for them, and Michael Carter's uh, backing him up. You got Garrett Wilson, Lazard, Miko Harmon, Corey Davis, Randall Cobb, Denzel Mim. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six receivers deep that are all going to make the team and all going to be good for you. So you got depth, you got uh, size, speed, length, you got it all. Aaron Rodgers got a plethora of weapons. I mean, he has the embarrassment of ridges at wide receiver. Uh, tight end, you got Zach Coons, who I talked about earlier. To me, he should be the number one when it's all said and done. If he pans out like I think he might, C.J. Ozama is there as well as Tyler Conklin. So you got solid tight ends. Um, now, the O-line is, is, is interesting because Makai Becton is a guy that has been injured. He had a nasty injury last year. Um, coming back from the injury, and he lost about 30 pounds, which was good for him because I think he was way too heavy. Um, we'll see how he shakes out. They still got Dwayne Brown in-house, um, picked him back up. Um, so he could be left tackle. Maybe they kick Beckton inside, or maybe he ends up playing right tackle if Billy Turner doesn't pan out. But I think Billy Turner could be a solid right tackle, and he knows Aaron from playing with him in, in, in Green Bay. So I think that uh, if you had kick Beckton inside, um, Vera Tucker's back. They got Tipman and Connor McGovern as a reserve. I think they're pretty solid on O-line. I really do. 
I really do. Assuming Beckton comes back healthy, I think they're very stout up front as well. So this team, you know, with with uh, with uh, with the Hackett being the OC, this team could definitely make some noise offensively. They really could, and we could argue that this other side of the ball might be even better because their front seven, my God, like I would, I'm just gonna say their front four because their linebacker outside of CJ Mosley, CJ Mosley kind of gives me pause. Out, but you got Carl Lawson, Quentin Johnson, Quentin Williams, Al Woods, Solomon Thomas, Will McDonald, Jermaine Johnson, John Franklin Myers. They got a lot of lot of studs up front in the front four. They really do. Now the linebacking group, which I called in the question about what their what their drafting strategy was, they, they could have picked up another stud or two at the linebacker spot. But maybe they believe in Quincy, Quincy Williams and Zaya Barnes and Chad Shaw. I don't know. It's Chad Surratt. I don't know. Maybe they believe in them, but. I would have gone out and got me another linebacker, another young one I can group with him and CJ. That's what I would have done personally. They made that group much more stout. Now the safety group is decent. They got like I said, they got um, they got Chuck Clark in a trade. They got Jordan Whitehead who was coming back. They picked up Trey Dean late. Um, and I think he's a UDFA. And they got Adrian Amos. So their safety group is, is legit. The only call and the question I really have with their secondary is their outside of Sauce Gardner is this, is their cornerback group. Like some of these guys, I don't know. I'm a little concerned about them holding up against a deep receiving room. Like even holding up against your own receiving room. If you if you roll out the Jets receivers against the secondary, the Jets receivers win all day. So I was going to lock up one guy and everybody's going to get free based upon who they have currently. Now they may sign somebody, may trade somebody. I don't know, but they think they need a legit number two corner. And they had the ability to get one in the draft. And they just didn't go after it. So I had a little... A little bit of pause when it came to that. But overall, the roster is looking good. I'm just curious about how high they can go. I think they're a playoff team. We'll just, with Aaron Rodgers, I think they're a playoff team. But how high they go from there is questionable. So overall, I gave them a grade of B+. B plus is the grade. I think outside of a number two corner and linebackers, the only thing that really gave me pause, which does make them perfect. But outside of that, in tight end, depending on what Zach Coons does and those other guys, maybe. But overall, great roster. And I think the sky's the limit for this roster. And the Jets might finally get out of the out of the basement and stop being the laughing stock of the league. We'll see. That's your breakdown for the AFC, AFC East, man. So we've done two y'all already. NFC East and AFC East are done. We're going to get into the A- NFC North next week, and we'll break that down in short order and let you know how those uh, teams are going to fare. Um, but until next week, um, I'll be back with another show. Uh, 11 a.m. as always. Like, comment, subscribe if you haven't done so already. And then we'll be back next week with another video. In the meantime, in between time, I'm your man, Coach Divas. Until next week, step up and lock it down.